0: Welcome to the From Quarantine podcast, a daily dose of dry humor from two Americans living in the heart of Europe, hosted by January Newbanks and Tassie Gibson. Hello, Tassie. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. It's been a couple of days since we've talked um, on the podcast because we've been taking a little break for Easter holiday.
1: My life felt empty without the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it does feel weird because like when when you've been doing it for 27 days in a row and then yeah. suddenly you're like, uh, we need to take a break for a minute. I had surgery and I'm missing half of my scalp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And it was Easter, so everything just kind of, like, slowed down, and it was a four-day weekend, so.
0: Yeah, it definitely felt good to kind of slow down with the holiday, and I think about Easter's when I was a kid, and what a crazy circus it was, because everybody had to get up, everybody had to have their hair curled, And their fancy dresses on. The white gloves and the The little hats. The white gloves, yes. And, like, the frilliness and the socks that folded down with the frills on them. Yes, I (laughs) had those. And your shiny patent leather shoes. Yes,
1: I had those. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I'm just thinking of, like, oh, my gosh, it was such a production because you had to get up. You had to search for Easter basket. Then you had to, like, see it for five seconds, which is just cruelty right. and then you had to leave for church sunrise with maybe service.
1: sunrise service do you remember that you'd have to be at church yes. at like
0: 7 or 8 a.m uh-huh oh my gosh craziness <laughs> and you'd have like your contraband candy like shoved in your pockets oh, so yeah, that, like you with little tiny know.
1: like um pocket book like the white patent leather yeah. little purse do you remember those for the kids yeah.
0: mm-hmm. i would fill mine with tootsie rolls
1: no oh.
0: yeah tootsie rolls were my jam um but yeah i was thinking about how different life is now where easter is well this year particularly it was just the three of us here at home yeah what did you guys do did you do anything to observe easter well um didn't deliver the easter candy that we bought from marks and spencer uh-huh. So we didn't have any Easter candy. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave her cash to take down to the, um to the poster downstairs. And uh, so she can pick out her. It's like, oh, a, that's a good compromise corner store. Yeah. So she can pick out her own candy when she wants it and it can be spread out, which I am kind of digging that idea anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, especially now that she's older and like, Easter bunny is not so much of, of, of a thing. Yes. Um, but she is particular about one thing. So when we first moved to the Czech Republic, um, I didn't know where to get everything yet. You know how you're like mm-hmm. in that spot where you're like, uh, I don't know where they sell this or. Right. Um, and so I had this like bag of stuffing. I don't know why I had this bag of stuffing from the U S that I brought with me. <laughs> like what in the world? Um, so I had this bag of stuffing. So I made kind of a trail and said it was like pieces of the Easter bunny's tail. Um, and left uh-huh. a trail in the apartment leading to her Easter basket, which was hidden inside like the couch. Cause we had one of those like pull up Ikea couches things. And, um, Ever since then, she doesn't believe in the Easter Bunny. But that is a very important part of her Easter experience. She looks forward to that every year. And so this Aww. year, her her Easter Bunny was like the Easter Bunny's cousin. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't have a tail. He tragically lost it, um, escaping a trap. And so what he loved... <laughs> yeah, the backstory. He left these like uh, sparkle pom poms that were actually his poops. Oh if anybody who's ever been around a bunny knows, they leave like a trail of their little like yes. tiny poop. Yeah. So these were like sparkle puff balls <laughs> that were the Easter Bunnies poops. Um, <laughs> yeah. that led to her her Easter basket and by basket, I'm using that term lightly because it's an h and m box that um came with the latest delivery (laughs) that I filled with like stuff I had stress shopped for her the week before when I was like I don't have anything for Easter and then like I looked at everything and was opening it up and Andy came in the room we were looking at all the things that I bought her and he was like huh and I was like a little too overboard he's like a little bit (laughs) (laughs) But I
1: think it's one of those things that you think I have nothing. So you buy and then you realize like, oh, well, actually I had this thing and then I forgot that I was buying this and uh-huh. where you think that you have nothing and you end up with eight things.
0: Yep. Yep. Plus I was, I was supporting local business. I, <laughs> I ordered, heard, like the toys that I bought and like the activity books and like uh, there were some cool things that we that I ordered for her that w- would help her pass the time as she's in quarantine here. Um, I ordered them from Frascoteca. So one of the like Ooh. fancy local toy stores here that yeah, nice. sells like French toys, you know. Um, and so I was supporting local businesses with my impulse buying. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. I think my first cart, like when I put everything in that I wanted, my first cart was over 5,000 crowns. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had to do some <laughs> whittling. For sure. How much is 5,000 like crowns than, in? More than you spend on Christmas. I know. <laughs> How much is 5,000 crowns in? Uh? Like $250. Yeah, like? it's insane. Yeah. I got it down to like 2500 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> at least the dollar's doing well right now, right? <laughs> so it's, it's really a deal. I saved us some money. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, gosh. I didn't get any new things for Easter, but I got lots of food because, you know, I'm, I'm oh, kind no. of in this neighborhood co op <laughs> where yeah. I just end up swapping food with all the people I know in my neighborhood.
0: So um, get new clothes? The Easter Bunny's gonna poop on you. I
1: know. I'm I sorry. Not. The Easter
0: Lamb. The, the Easter, Easter lamb. lamb
1: is gonna poop on me. I didn't get new clothes. Yeah. Um, well, I got a face mask. Does that count?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Easter Lamb pooping averted. <laughs> um, yeah, because one of the neighbors who um, I swap things with,
1: her parents brought her some of the um, like hospital surgical masks um, mm-hmm. that her dad got from work or something so they gave me a couple of those for emergency so I'll take that as
0: I <laughs> got new clothing yeah <laughs> so, it's really nice to wear to like get deliveries from downstairs because you're like yeah. not actually going out and you don't really want to like have to boil a mask right 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 yeah so oh. maybe I'm spreading bad information with my laxity of <laughs> using re- like non-reusable masks like a couple different times to pick up deliveries yeah, but. I,
1: well we talked about this a little bit I have to do some research before I actually put this out in the public but I think that actually you can slightly reuse them if you treat them in a certain way but yeah. I don't remember exactly how and I don't remember where I read that so um we won't put it out into the universe but someone no. Google-
0: <laughs> Someone Google it. <laughs> yeah. So, so do see, you celebrate Easter Sunday or do you celebrate Easter Monday?
1: Um, I am a
0: big fan of doing both.
1: Uh huh. I so on Easter Sunday, um, well, I mean, by celebrate this year, that meant well, being at home. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I usually try to do. Something on Easter Sunday I make, um, in my family, we always had ham and mashed potatoes or, you know, Mm -hmm. something along these lines. So I usually cook something um, like that. And then on Czech Easter Monday, um, I always have my nadivka, which is like um, stuffing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I do a little bit of both.
0: Mm. Do you get whipped and drink <laughs> shots of Sliva Vita. No. Well, I can't drink shots because I'm a girl. Um, <laughs> I'm a girl. I can drink shots.
1: <laughs> well, they won't offer them to you because you're a girl. They no. only offer them to the boys. Um, yeah, so the- in the Czech Republic, uh, for our listeners that aren't from here, so um, there's a very, very old pagan tradition. It actually... You can trace it even back to ancient Rome. They had a um, similar pagan tradition in Roman times where you whip uh, women in order to fill them with health and life and vitality and fertility. Uh, so and
0: beauty, don't forget and beauty. beauty
1: absolutely. So what happens a few days before Easter is that you go and you pick um, like willow branches, off of the trees and then there are really beautiful braids you can find them online like lots of different ways to style them that can be from just the three traditional braid to like intricate
0: 12 piece braids yeah Uh, i remember at lucy's preschool her preschool director he was an an intense dude and um he had like all the boys braiding these like suit and the fathers too um braiding these Super, super intricate braids, and we, yeah, Andy was like, No wonder this is a dying art because, like, nobody (laughs) knows how to do it anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's called the pomlaska. Um, and then
1: on Easter Monday, before noon, you have to go before noon, uh, you go around your neighborhood and you whip the ladies. Now, most of the time, this means gently touching the back of their legs, however. Um, in Prague, in the city, it's usually young boys and they get chocolate uh, in return for Giving women vitality and beauty. Um, but if you go to the villages, the men are also into it and they get Slivovica. So as it progresses towards noon, the more drunk they are, the more whipping happens. So actually, if you talk to a lot of Czech and Slovak women, this is not their favorite holiday and they usually hide and don't answer the door. Um, and then in some places, it depends because it's very regional. Um, in Moravia and in Slovakia, for example, the women after 12 o'clock, if someone shows up, can throw water or throw perfume on the men in retaliation. Okay.
0: Um, Interesting.
1: Yeah, so there are lots of like little regional differences, but um, yeah, it's a really it's a really nice community-based holiday where people get out and meet yeah. their neighbors and interact together.
0: Everybody's on the streets, which is fun. <laughs> It's kind of like um, the Saint Nicholas Day when there's the yeah. angel and the devil and or the church and the uh. Yes, out. Yeah, and Saint Nicholas out greeting the children and people come out to see them. It's really, really kind of fun. Mhm. Yes. And the texts have like a really strong pagan roots. A really Yeah, strong a root.
1: lot of um, Central Europe and Eastern Europe as well. Um, I mean, I'm sure every culture has, like, connections to their ancient um, roots. But it's mm-hmm. really interesting to see how long these traditions um, permeate throughout the culture. Like I said, like, this one probably goes back to the Celts or even before that, like, thousands mm-hmm. of years. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it crazy. is really
1: interesting when i was in latvia it was the same they mark their doors with these very intricate designs and mm-hmm. they're this really really primitive old um little bit like magic symbols that protect you and people really mm-hmm. still believe in them uh they wear them they put them on their doorposts.
0: yeah it's very interesting that it stays yeah yeah i think because like Living in the US, which is such a new country, young country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, you know, not to get political or anything, but we massacre the people that were there before. So, um, so and also no-
1: with the immigrants, we pick and choose and combine things. So,
0: yep, end up yeah, with so things mismatch. get muddled. And, yes. yeah, know, we don't have like a lot of ancient traditions still living. In the U.S., so it, it it is interesting when you come to Europe to see um, the blend of ancient traditions with, you know, Christianity mixed in together.
1: It reminds me of a joke that one of my British friends told me once. He said, um, "What is a long time for Americans? One hundred years. And what is a far way for a European? A hundred miles."
0: Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And I think that's true. We think 100 years is like, oh, my God, that's half my country's life. But here, 100 <laughs> years is like nothing. Five minutes ago. Yeah. It's like when we go to Rome and you are sitting on a bench that's 2,000 years old.
0: Oh, my God. So like, yeah, Rome is like a mind-blowing experience. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, like somebody has been in this particular place walking around for thousands of years. I know. It's crazy. So crazy. So, did the Easter Bunny bring you any toilet paper?
1: <laughs> I did not get toilet paper from the Easter Bunny, <laughs> but that is an excellent question to ask because today we are talking about toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> I actually had this as a topic request from several different people. And what I find really funny is that um, my mom sent me an article about it maybe about a week ago and had mentioned it. And then I was speaking to Martha, who is my cosmic mother. Um, Fred and Martha are very good friends of mine and friends of the podcast. They listen to us every day. Hello. Hi, Fred and Martha. Martha. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they live in Maine, which is a huge paper logging um, community industry and we were talking about an article that Martha had read and I was like oh my gosh my mom sent that to me a week ago and we should talk about that and she was like yes you should and then I sent it to you and we're like we should talk about that toilet paper
0: toilet paper it's what's (laughs) on everyone's mind so I guess the big question right is uh where has it all gone It's true. Uh, We've all seen the pictures
1: on social media of empty shelves, um, especially coming out of the U.S., which this article concentrates on the U.S. market. Um, But it's been an issue in Australia, in the U.K., um, to some degree in the Czech Republic, but it hasn't really been. Um, as widely noticed here. Yeah, we
0: don't have big closets to hoard things in.
1: (laughs) Right. And this is the question. What happened to all the toilet paper? Are people selfish and hoarding it? Or is there a deeper reason behind the lack of toilet paper on the shelves?
0: Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So Tassie's skills gathered from hours of Agatha Christie mystery solving are going to come in handy today. Where has all the toilet paper gone?
1: Um, <laughs> so you and I read a couple different articles that were yep. very interesting. And what the um, idea behind most of the articles were: don't blame people for hoarding. That is actually not what's happening. We have to look a little bit deeper. And if you dig deeper, it is fascinating. Um, so there is a there is a history of the psychology of hoarding, right? The the first article that we read opened with that idea that there have been psychological scares um, on toilet paper. There's one from 1973 that we'll talk about a little bit. But there is a phenomenon of people being afraid and buying more than necessary. Um, And so we won't dismiss um, the validity that there is some minor uh, hoarding going on. You know, we all saw pictures of people walking out of Walmart with their shopping cart full of toilet paper. Um, and what was the story that you heard about the guy with the gun?
0: Oh my gosh. It's at the beginning of that article. Um, so there's a man and he's in a dollar store, um, dollar general in Iowa, this is Iowa. And he's buying a lot of toilet paper and the guy behind him gets really confrontational and starts harassing him about the amount of toilet paper that he has is purchasing. And so, of course, the next logical step, because the guy is feeling threatened, I guess, by the one who is harassing him, he pulls a gun in the name of self-defense over toilet paper. In a Dollar General in the middle of Iowa. Um, um, Americans. Yeah. And the police get called and they're like, oh, this almost became, like, you know, a really bad situation. Yeah, it did. And I was just like, of course there was a gun involved. <laughs> of course. It's Iowa. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and this is why the rest of the world thinks all Americans are armed to the teeth. Because... Even in the midst of a pandemic, somebody's pulling a gun over toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So there definitely is a bit of a psychology behind it. Um, and the 1973 um, situation which I just find interesting is that apparently in 1973 there was there were huge shortages going on all around the world there were oil scares the price of oil went from like three dollars a bar- barrel to twelve dollars a barrel um, there was a recession that happened so people in the us were, were dealing with shortages um, mm. and there was a senator that, Picked up on this idea that there was a shortage of paper because of several newspaper articles. And he um, basically put out like a little PR note that, oh my gosh, the US is going to have a shortage of paper. And somehow this turned into a shortage of toilet paper in one of the newspaper articles. And Johnny Carson who I grew up watching on TV. Did you watch Johnny Mm -hmm. Carson? My grandfather loved him. So Johnny Carson, who was the stand-up comedian um, and and nighttime TV show host, um, he made a joke about it on his TV show. And he said, you know, we've got all sorts of shortages these days, but have you heard the latest? I'm not kidding. I saw it in the papers. There's a shortage of toilet paper. And people ran with this. They went out after <laughs> after that show, and they just bought up toilet paper. Um, and there really was a shortage. It couldn't, and it was totally psychological because there was not a shortage of paper. Um, although they did run out of toilet paper because people were buying it so much, and we'll talk about that um, mm-hmm. idea. But uh, he had to end up apologizing on air. Um saying that exciting panic. Yes. For saying that he had no idea that one joke would um cause this. And you and I were talking a little bit about social media is like an amplified version of this, that you see something, you hear something, and then it becomes the gospel truth.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I think it does kind of pose some questions. Um, you know, Internet, social media, it's all still the wild, wild west. Um, we haven't really delved too much in the ethics of what we post. Um, mm-hmm. Besides, I think there's there's been a lot of talk about, like, body image and Facetune and things like that. But I think we haven't really completely come to an etiquette. Right, Or use... it's a
1: problem of influencers. We think of people with 10,000 followers. They should be ethical. But you don't think about the guy down the street
0: posting. Yeah. Sure. yeah, and I think it's interesting because, like, of course we all, I think there's something in the human brain that just likes to be the one suffering, right? Like, <laughs> look how hard my life is. There's no toilet paper at the local Kroger. The shelves mm-hmm. are empty and it is a dramatic sight. And I can totally relate to why when you see something dramatic like that, you want to document it and you want to share it with your friends. And you're thinking like, I have 200 followers, who cares? You know, <laughs> or, right. you know, right. like I have this inconsequential amount of followers and, um, but when everybody's doing that, Like suddenly there's like wildfire panic going through this medium. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think it's interesting because like in a pandemic and when there's, when there's a possibility of inciting panic in like on a larger scale, just by continuing to post these images, continuing to reinforce, there's a shortage, there's a shortage, um, I think that sometimes maybe we need to start like taking on the ethics of a journalist, Mm -hmm. like really thinking about like, is this an accurate representation of what's, what's real. And before we post it, think about what is the actual story here. And there have been a lot of news, irresponsible news stories that have been going on too. I mean, the BBC reported like, kind of a finger wag at people who have been hoarding toilet paper and, Mm -hmm. and making kind of a bigger deal of the hoarding. Right. Um, When the
1: actual situation is January, where is all the toilet paper? Let's
0: tell everyone we know. (laughs) (laughs) We know. Yes. The toilet paper is being made as quickly as it can, but it is not being distributed. Um I mean, it's it's being distributed the the normal way. Um, but what we found out is that the the supply chain between factories and stores is held together with butterfly wings and unicorn kisses. <laughs> and if the even the slightest the slightest change um, really, has such a great impact and people can only load and unload trucks so quickly. And there was a quote in one of the articles about how like, if you have a delivery that you need to drop off to Walmart, you have a one hour time slot to get the toilet paper to them. And then that window closes. Um, So really timing the trucks from where it's coming from the supplier to the uh retail stores is a delicate balance and I think um there was a quote about it being like a well-timed ballet
1: yeah and this is where you and I like we're nerds about everything it doesn't just have to be science like economics we nerded out over this as well and we were like that is fascinating (laughs) Like, I know who knew that this was so. Like, you can't put more toilet paper in a truck than right. you can put toilet paper in a truck. So, yeah. yeah, suddenly, um, you do have a slight increase in demand. Part of the reason is uh, It's not slight. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a big increase because 75% of the U.S. is at home, and that figure I think would go for the U.K. for. Australia, across Europe, you know, right now, most countries are in some kind of stay at home mode. So you have 75% of the population that are now at home. So they're not using toilet paper at work, in airports, uh, at restaurants. And actually, that toilet paper, we'll talk about that in a minute, that toilet paper is manufactured and distributed in a completely different way than household Mm -hmm. toilet paper, which is at a 40% increase of use
0: in home. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is where people are pooping. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's not at work. (laughs) Because they're all pooping at home. And wanting their, you know, Quiltered Northern or, you know, whatever fancy brand it is that your tushy likes. Three-ply virgin pulp. Yeah. Yeah, that was a surprising fact that um, home toilet paper is made of, like, virgin products. So that means, like, it's not being made by recycled stock at all. Whereas commercial toilet paper is being made with recycled stock because we all know that um, using toilet paper in public spaces is a different experience than using it at home. Um, But now everybody's at home and nobody's at the office and there are literally warehouses full of commercial toilet paper that cannot be distributed to uh the local consumer you know like the people at the grocery stores
1: this was fascinating there are two completely different industries both toilet paper completely different industries and you cannot cross them because what you were talking about that the distribution is completely different so you can't take the um restaurant toilet paper And sell it in Walmart or in Tesco because it's not packaged correctly. It's not the right consistency. um, It doesn't have bells and whistles
0: on it. Well, Uh, even more so than that, I don't think people would turn their nose up at that right now. But I do think one of the things that is maybe more difficult to consider is like there are contracts involved. There are relationships that need to be, you know, between suppliers and retailers, there's, you know, a lot of paperwork that goes on. And once you get that paperwork done, it's, you know, a well-oiled machine. You can Mm -hmm. continue to drop off. There's, you know, Your contract, your relationship, like when you need more, you call in to the person at the supplier from the retail store and you say, we need more of this. They bring it to you. So you already have like bank accounts and money transfers and delivery times and all of that kind of stuff worked out. Um, Whereas, you know, you would have to package the uh, commercial stuff for retail, which means barcodes and figuring that stuff out. Plus, you would have to develop relationships with the retailers. So there's a lot and of how work. how long is this going to remain? You don't want to sign a contract
1: right. for six months when
0: in yeah. two weeks
1: we might all go back to work in some places.
0: And the toilet paper companies are facing this problem of, you know, wh- how much should we really change? Because what's happening is that, like... They're, if they shifted to be making like more than usual home products, that means that they're going to need different supplies. That means that they're going to need different um, man- manufacturing uh, machines and stuff because it's all automated. So you're going to need different equipment and that takes money. That takes time and, and then what happens when people start going back to work and to airports and all this kind of stuff? Then they have the problem in reverse. Then they can't get enough commercial toilet paper to all of these institutions because they've switched their supply chain. Yeah. So it's and it's a big problem. It really is. And I was very
1: interested in reading about how it is affecting some other industries Toilet paper is so well documented, I think, because of social media, but um, one of the things that the article mentioned was the fruit and veg sector, that the bananas you buy in your local supermarket are not the bananas that they sell to a smoothie shop, for example, Mm -hmm. because you have different requirements, the consumer is looking for something different, you need different aging on the product, blah, blah, blah.
0: Um,
1: So you also have maybe an empty shelf in a store where there should be some fruit or vegetables. Um, not because they don't exist, but
0: because it's
1: not the right product for that market.
0: hmm Yeah. And I think there's, you know, like they sell ugly produce to restaurants because restaurants are just going to dismantle it and put it in your food anyway. Um, so it doesn't have the same because Amer- Americans tend to not buy ugly produce. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's perfectly edible food that gets rejected from grocery stores because it's not um, 100% perfect. And, yeah, then you end up with with different products. But I thought it was interesting that the um, second article we read, um, what's, What Everyone's Getting Wrong About the Toilet Paper Shortage on Medium, um, he talked specifically about restaurants that he knows of that are offering toilet paper like on the side of orders yes, like when you that order was from them uh-huh. they're offering toilet paper and bananas and <laughs> he was like the toilet paper is you know one ply or two ply or whatever and the bananas are puny but that's just fine like uh-huh. it's gonna be fine
1: <laughs> yeah it was it's very interesting um So, my question for you is Can you give us any alternatives to toilet paper if someone out there is like, oh my gosh, I can't find it? Or maybe they just want to be a little bit more environmentally tuned now that we know that the virgin trees are being used for their toilet
0: paper supply. They were actually cutting down trees for wiping our tushes, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which doesn't seem necessary when we have like. When, you know, you just need a low-level paper quality um, Mm -hmm. for toilet paper. But, yes, I do have one suggestion, and that is a home bidet. When um, my daughter was born, we did uh, cloth diapering with her uh, when we were home. And so we bought a diaper sprayer because it makes it so much easier to Mm -hmm. clean up and everything. And there's a wet bag and whatnot and uh the the uh diaper sprayer is actually a home bidet so it just it's 30 35 dollars and it just hooks inside the toilet mechanisms inside your toilet and then bada boom you have a home bidet and you can clean yourself with water which is actually more hygienic
1: yes yes
0: Um, I think if you do some research about how other, how other people around the world clean themselves and have high, toilet hygiene, post toilet hygiene, um, you'll find that there's a, a lot of reasons to use a bidet. Uh, and it does seem, take some getting used to, I can attest to that. Like you got to experiment with that a little bit, but, um, but it's actually quite helpful and it's $35. And right. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna put a link in the show notes that will take you directly to a home bidet that you can buy off Amazon, thirty-five dollars, and you never have to worry about toilet paper again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's great because actually, I've I've read several articles and listened to some podcasts over the years that um, our use of toilets in the West and the way our sewer systems are designed is going to be maybe the next big thing that we have to solve. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to do with water shortage, which we all know that water is a big issue um, that we need to solve as well. But um, Mm -hmm. we were basically using a sewer system that the Romans developed (laughs) a thousand years ago. Um, And of course it's been, it's been updated, but even like in London, their sewer systems are over 100 years old in some places. And we know here in Prague, you know, that every single spring, they have to do lots and lots of work on the sewer systems here. Mm -hmm. So there are streets and sidewalks closed because also our pipes are a bit old. Um, A bit. (laughs) A bit. (laughs) A couple years. Um, Mm. So actually, there are conferences all over the world talking about our toilet use and how to make it more efficient and how to um, reduce pressure on our sewage system, um, mm-hmm. which is just its a really fascinating thing. If you're nerdy, then go do some Google researching and you'll find um, really interesting rabbit trails down that. But yeah. yeah, I think bidet is is maybe the way to go. Like, clean your yeah, butt with the water.
0: It does use more water, but like in the long run, I think like the... The trade-off um, is probably, I mean, especially now when the toilet paper industry is is not experiencing a shortage of product or like materials to make mm-hmm. toilet paper, but they can't make it fast enough or quickly enough. Uh, you can take some of the stress off because you're at home using the bathroom. You can use the bidet. Um, I also this is this is perhaps TMI, but I. Um, bought a little hand bidet it's like you fill up the reservoir and you squeeze and I got the water an comes advertisement
1: out. about that on Instagram the other day and I was like oh my god they <laughs> are listening to us because
0: you mentioned it and then it showed up on my I know <laughs> I know and the hand bidet is so great for travel mm-hmm. um because you know being on a plane and the toilet paper is not the best on a plane and um yeah, you just want to feel more fresh and stuff because you right. look, like, you know, like we we usually fly like hours and hours over the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, um and I think it's not... also
1: as um women start to use other types of personal hygiene products, yes, um, there's like the diva cup that's available and these sorts yeah. of things. Like I think also that would fill a gap in that market because it's a little bit hard to deal with. Uh, those types of issues when you have the logistics of that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. When you're traveling and yeah. So I think, you know, the, the little hand bidets are nice. I have one that's battery operated and it's a little heavier. And then I have one that's just like, you know, you fill the handle with, it's like a little squeeze bottle kind of situation Mm -hmm. where you fill the handle with the water and then you squeeze and it's, doesn't require any sort of battery mechanisms or anything like that but i i think that they're useful and you know my daughter even likes them like they're they just yeah. work better so um so there are some alternatives and please don't panic just look for some alternatives that you maybe you're comfortable with right Kelsey, your your relative had a good yeah, solution
1: so we we <laughs> You and I grew up in Appalachia, Ohio. Yes, so we did. So you make do with what you have. So I've spoken to several different relatives in Ohio about what they're doing. Um, some people have bought up some extra tissue um, because the tissues are not out of supply. Like they're still in the store. So you can buy tissues and wipe yourself with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, paper towels are still available. You can buy paper towels. Um, but don't one- flush them. <laughs> don't flush them. Yes. Put them in the back same with um we should say baby wipes don't flush your baby wipes you need to put yes. those in the trash because if you flush them they'll clog up your sewer yeah. um but one innovative thing was i think every midwest home had a bag of mismatched socks, right? Uh So you do the laundry, a sock was missing its pair, you dump it in the bag. And in my house, my mom would joke that we'd have a sock party every Saturday morning. So while we watched um, cartoons, we'd have to match the socks. Um, Uh And so one of my relatives mentioned that, well, just go get your bag of socks and cut them up and put them in the bathroom and they'll do the job just fine yeah
0: <laughs> especially if you wet them down i think yeah just, mm-hmm. yeah not exactly. too proud to use sock I know. so
1: you know dig deep people are think gonna think we're it. so
0: weird after this episode
1: they talked about using socks as toilet paper i don't know <laughs> so and hand bidets right. the moral of the story is there is toilet paper there is uh there are trees the supply is not gone. It's just in a different Slow. place. So Slow. be patient. It'll come back around. And if you don't want to be yeah. patient, buy a bidet mm-hmm. or cut up some socks. <laughs> yes.
0: I thought the the ending quote for um, what everybody's getting wrong about toilet paper shortage was really uh, funny. Cause he's you know he was he was really kind of going after this theory that people are hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. And, and everybody's like getting all up in arms about how many hoarders we have. And of course there are several people who, who do hoard and prep and do all that kind of stuff, but it's not the, it's not the main reason why Mm -hmm. we're in a toilet paper shortage. And he said, um, if there's any good news, it's that we can stop blaming these shortages on the alleged idiocy of our fellow consumers. And I thought that was nice. I was like, you know what? Let's take it easy on easy on each other. Realize there's some like actual facts that we've been missing all along. And um because it's really it's really
1: easy in in the current environment, not just the pandemic, but I think in the last uh five to ten years of politics. Um, to get angry. Like you read something, you read a headline, you and I talked about this. You read a yeah. headline and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that idiot, and like not really <laughs> yeah. digging any deeper. And I feel like this is one of those issues that you don't need to get angry about. Like it's, it would be mm-hmm. really easy to be like idiots. Um, but you can just be like, Oh, economics, fascinating. <laughs>
0: Supply All and you- demand. <laughs> it's very, <laughs> very so. tender. You need so to be thanks careful with it.
1: Mom, and thanks, Martha, for the articles and the suggestions. Um, yeah. I hope that both of you enjoyed this. So I have a little moment of calm that's more a funny quote today. Than oh my
0: gosh, I can't so. wait to hear what moment of calm goes with <laughs> toilet paper discussion.
1: <laughs> well, I, I took it from the angle of being in the store. So uh-huh. whoever said money can't buy happiness simply didn't know where to go shopping. Bo Derek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a lot like uh, an Ariana Grande quote for Ariana Grande lyric from her song,
1: uh,
0: Seven Rings. Go listen to it. You'll hear it. <laughs> okay. So we have uh,
1: three more episodes in front of us, I think. Yeah, three episodes, three more episodes. um,
0: to finish up our daily <laughs> our daily podcast, our thirty, 30 day. Podcast. Podcast. 30 day state of emergency podcast that was our original concept but we have some thoughts about where we're going in the future and so um, we're going to spend some time in the coming episodes talking a little bit about what you can expect to hear from us in the future
1: yes so until well, thanks then for talking
0: to us today Tassie thanks for supplying the articles I was fascinated <laughs> me too excellent Yeah, I guess we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Have a happy Easter. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of From Quarantine. Our greatest wish is that it brought some levity to your day. If we made you laugh even a little bit, then we accomplished our goal. We are now live on all major platforms, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher as well as your favorite third-party apps just search for from quarantine you can find us on instagram by searching from quarantine as well and you can also reach us through our website quarantine.cz we would love it if you would like and share our episodes with your friends but if you could also take a moment to give us a rating on apple podcasts that would help us out tremendously thanks again and we'll see you tomorrow This podcast is brought to you by the coronavirus outbreak. Live together, die alone.